Welcome to Word Quota with Beck McNew, where I talk honestly about life in my words and speak live through the word. Today's episode includes a brief interview with both of my children about a recent experience at a peaceful protest. I just asked them a couple of questions up front and then I left them alone to say whatever they wanted to say. Now, if you know my daughter at all, you know that her word quota is even lengthier than my own. So I've split her comments up into two parts, one portion being shared before my words and the other portion being shared at the end. After their initial words, I'll talk about my experience and also some of the spiritual implications of why we chose to do what we did. All right, let's get into it. So this is my son, Kanan. He's nine years old. Say hi, Kanan. Hello. So what did we do just this past Saturday? This past Saturday, we went to the protest where we live. I had come up to you and I had talked to you about praying for a nearby peaceful protest that was going on. You said, I want to pray, but... I want to go to the protest as well. Yeah. Why did you want to do that? Because it shows that black people are not afraid of racists. Before we went to the protest, what is the question that Daddy asked? The greatest commandment is love God. The second greatest commandment is love others like you love yourself. This is my daughter, Juliana. She's 14. Say hello. Hello. So what's the first thing that Daddy asked us? Um, what are the greatest commandments? And what are they? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And all the other laws hinge upon on these those things. things. Yeah, so if we aren't doing those things right, then we're not doing anything right, right? Right. How did you feel when your brother first wanted to protest? I was like... Good for him, but at the same time, I was kind of nervous. Because I didn't know if there was, if some dude who wanted to create mischief was just going to come up and start shooting. I didn't know. I wanted him to be safe, and I was kind of scared. Anything that you want to say, just go ahead and say it. And when you're done, you can press that button. Okay. Shut the door. Okay. I also think it's good to join because we're getting together for one cause. We want equal justice and we want equal peace. And people have been wanting that for a long time. Just showing support on this that it needs to stop is good. With Kanan, we can't, we can be good family for him, but we can't be a black person for him. We can't tell him how it feels because we haven't experienced that. So I think the protests are also good for him seeing as he can relate and it's his people. They can help him in ways we can't. But I do think that police brutality should be stopped and it should be brought attention to when there's the silence for eight minutes and 46 seconds and that's how long George Floyd was held down with a knee over his throat until he died. It shows people how long it is and it's important for people to start paying attention to these things. There's been too much, oh, they're lying, and assumptions and that needs to stop. The protests, they sent a message out. Notice this. You've seen it now. There are videos. So pay attention. Things need to change. Not in violent ways, though. People should start paying attention to black history and what black people have to say about their experiences. Because they're important, too. 
the American kind of motto thing is like liberty and justice for all, but how can that be your motto if there is no liberty and justice for all right now? My favorite part of the protest was the marching and the end. Terrence, who was the man leading us, let me lead the chants, which was pretty fun. There's a man at the end who was talking about biblical things. It made me feel glad that people want to stand up to racism and police brutality and racism. It's a thing that I think should stop soon. Baby's first protests, ages 9 and 14. Mom and Dad's first protests, ages 37 and 40. Two protests in two weeks. I was talking to my kids about praying for the protest in the next town over. My youngest, my beautiful black son, he requested with all sincerity, I want to pray, but I really want to protest too. As soon as the words left his mouth, I was very aware of my internal ambivalence. I was forced to face myself. You see, I've been studying the book of James with my discipleship group at church. James wrote a letter to the early church scattered abroad, and these kinds of letters, they were meant to be read out loud to the group receiving them. A good hunk of his letter emphasized how faith without action is useless. He repeats it in different ways. Useless, dead. Basically, there's not much point to our faith if it doesn't produce a fruit that points to good news. Now, I support black businesses, and I invest in conscious curriculum for my kids, and I try to fill in the gaps that our whitewashed history never told them about and correct the romanticization of other areas. I'm trying to continue learning the vast expanse of history I didn't know. Most importantly, I believe that when Jesus said, Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that when he said that, he intends for us to be avenues of that will, instruments of realizing as much peace on this earth as possible, that our obedience and involvement points to our future hope and helps bring awareness to Jesus. Even so, when I was faced with this request by my son, I was nervous, like you heard my daughter was nervous at the beginning. I just wanted to pray. What if a riot breaks out and my kids get hurt? And the response is, what kind of parent brings their kid to violence? What if the wrong person from church sees us and falsely decides this means that we're promoting anti-police or other agendas of a movement that they don't agree with and we don't align with all of, and somehow all of that ends up affecting my husband's pastoral job? Those are real concerns that run through my mind. There were more fears than that, but one thing I can tell you is that they only got more and more self-serving and self-preserving. I was convicted. Holy Spirit whispered to me, when you pray for your kids to be bold and do good, to not be afraid of being representatives of him in this world, this is what you pray for. I'm giving you what you asked. Are you going to refuse it? I don't mean I heard anything audibly. I just mean my spirit knew, and it knew precisely. Immediately, my mind recalled my memory verses from a couple months ago in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, which say, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, 
but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. Full disclosure on the memory thing, I only remembered that it was somewhere in James and not the reference numbers because that's just one of the benefits of memorizing large chunks of scripture, not to have to remember the numbers. <laughs> I remember it's in James somewhere, but the words were there. That's kind of the point of holding God's word in your heart, for it to come up and be lived out. And I knew, I knew that with this decision, I was looking in a mirror, and either I was going to forget everything I had seen with willful amnesia, or I would remember. I needed to look with intent and evaluate the implications of that scripture for my life and my family's life. I didn't say yes at first. I just said maybe we weren't sure, because I am his mother, and I do care about his safety, and using discernment isn't bad. I'm not saying we always throw all caution to the wind and throw our children to angry mobs on some convoluted expression of faith over fear. I'm also not discounting that sometimes we may be called to do scary things that don't seem like they make sense. It's kind of a case-by-case -case situation. But after looking into how the demonstration was organized and what the intentions were, and having some friends along to be extra eyes and arms and flank our kids just in case crazy showed up, we decided to honor our son's request. As a side note, and I definitely don't do this perfectly, but something that we try to foster is the remembrance that if our kids have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, then they don't have less of a Holy Spirit in them than we have. And so when they make hard requests, to not just brush them off as, well, I'm the parent and you're the kid, which they do need to honor us, but sometimes we honor God in honoring them when God is speaking through them. And we need to operate out of that consideration. There was another element at play, too, a memory that was triggered. And I want you to know that as I'm sharing these things, I have gotten permission from my son to share them. Side note, early on, I shared everything without his permission because he was a baby and didn't care. But I didn't really think about the implications of how that was kind of violating his rights to his own story. And so I still mess up sometimes, but I really try hard to have him involved in the things that I share publicly and make sure it's really okay with him. Several years ago, our family was in Washington, D.C. for a day, just one day. We were doing the whole Smithsonian Museum jaunt and decided that our grand finale would be the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And we'd let our son be the leader. He was so proud in his anticipation. And he was so disappointed after the biggest mom fail ever. We didn't know that at the time with how new it was, whether it's still the case, I don't know. You had to get tickets for the museum in the morning for crowd regulation purposes. So we showed up in the afternoon because it was our last stop and we were turned away. He was incredibly kind to the person that turned him away and respectful. But when we got to the perimeter of the area, he completely fell apart. He was gutted. And it wasn't just a he didn't get to do what he wanted childhood tantrum. It was this deep, guttural grief. I've really only seen it out of him one other time. And I came apart with him. And when I asked if he could tell me what made the disappointment so sad, he said, because that's my family. And he didn't mean that we aren't his family or that we're a less than family. There was nothing about that. It was just that intrinsically there is a loss, a loss of community and a loss of lineage. And it was just really important for him 
to be involved in that way, but we couldn't make it happen that day. When he said that he wanted to march, the way that he said it, I knew it was from that same special space in his heart, even though he didn't say the words this time, that that's my family, and I didn't want to deny him. Our son led us in this. We didn't lead him. He led us. We went to that march, and then we found out that there would be one the following week in our own town. Everyone made their own signs. They decided what to write. My daughters read, Equal Justice for Everyone. My son wrote, Black Lives Matter. I quoted Isaiah 117, which says, Learn to do what is right. Pursue justice. Correct the oppressor. My husband opted for Amos 524. Let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The events were wonderful. There was so much solidarity, the very opposite of divisive. Sure, there were some people there whose sentiments on poster board and t-shirt didn't fully align with what ours would be on every little thing, but the four corporate prayers offered per protest probably didn't align with theirs. But we still unified for the cause we agreed on, and that is that police brutality needs to be held accountable and ultimately shouldn't happen in the first place. There was admonition to vote. They had voters' registration available on site. They wanted to reward good cops. They want us to learn black history because black history is American history. To say their names. To lament. And then to foster positive change of policy and accountability and even accurate awareness. I was especially touched by the involvement of the elderly their stories, their joined wrinkly hands supporting wobbly knees, their wisdom. One man sang, It's been a long time coming. In the corporate groaning and solidarity, it was palpable. At the protest in our town, my son, he was adamant about being upfront because he wanted to hear everything well. Last time we were, you know, maybe three-fourths back and with one bullhorn, it was kind of hard to understand, and he wanted to hear. He wanted to hear. When we paused at City Hall for a rally of sorts, even though we were close to the front already, he was stretching at his tippy-top tippy-toes trying to see over people, and we finally perched him on my husband's shoulders so he could see, because he was intently looking, and he was hearing all the words, truly listening. He ran our legs ragged to keep up with the leaders, and I'm not going to lie, it was hard for my body. I was struggling, and any other time, I would have made him slow down, called him back, made him be respectful of us, but this was our opportunity for a couple hours in a day to be respectful of him. So I prayed the strength of the Lord, and mercifully, my body kept up long enough to make it. Our son, he found himself in a space next to one of the primary voices of the event while we were marching, who ever so kindly made conversation with him, taking genuine interest in his life. He was so tender with him, and he checked to make sure his parents were around and that it was okay. And that, out of everything, was probably my favorite moment, the most important to me, because there are many ways that we can be good parents to our son, but like my daughter said earlier... And I've never even heard that come out of her mouth, so she had no idea that I was going to say it. 
the solidarity and presence of strong black voices, it's not something that we can ever be for him. We can be really good parents to him. We can do our best to raise him right and in the strength of the Lord and to love God above everything else. But strangers stepped into a role I cannot play. I just can't. That one's not mine. And I'm so grateful that they invited him into that moment. And then my son was handed the bullhorn. My shy child, who, though he wanted to be able to see and hear everything and be front and center as a participant in that environment, he does not typically like to have attention drawn to him. He doesn't like to be put on a stage or put on the spot on a camera for words. In fact, he wanted to do this interview, but he was also nervous about it. My point is, that's just not his thing. He's not the kid who jumps out in front and says, hey, everybody, look at me. And honestly, I thought he'd say no thanks, but he took the bullhorn and someone in the crowd, and I will never forget it for all my life, and I hope my son doesn't either. He yelled, come on, young king, lead the way. And my nine-year-old's voice was amplified, shouting, no justice, and people echoing behind him, no peace. In fact, I have a little clip of it here that I'll play for you. Again, I felt that nudge in my spirit that this is what you pray for. In my opinion, it is one of the most powerful chants. No justice, no peace. Some people mishear revenge in these words, but that's not what they are. They are a call for righteousness to abound. I cherish them because no matter whose mouth exudes them or what that person believes, they are succinctly expressing the essence of the gospel when they say the words. We are collectively groaning for the same insatiable desire that only Christ can truly satisfy. Jesus is the embodiment of justice and love's collision. He's it. Since corruption polluted creation's holiness, resulting in eternal death and separation from togetherness with God, the suffering of that state it's endless this side of heaven, and it's endless the other side of heaven for some. Eternal peace is not possible without justice for that corruption being fulfilled. We are all party to evil, and we are incapable of making recompense for that evil ourselves. Humanity must bear its responsibility, but at the same time, only pure holiness is capable and has the substance it takes to bring that responsibility to fruition. And that feels really tricky if we're not holy, but there also has to be an account. God loves us dearly. He desires reconciliation so much that he made a way for it in the person of the God-man Jesus. He bore the weight of all our guilt upon him. Every human for all eternity, that's heavy. And he satisfied justice. He set things right. He defeated death and he makes a way for a life of peace that is eternal when we repent of our sin, choose to accept him as our rescuer, and don't demand the impossible task of rescuing and ruling ourselves. But where there is no justice, there can be no peace. So when my son marches on and proclaims this truth, 
He is addressing the suffering here on earth, and he is illuminating the hope that heaven has to offer. Of course, we can't realize ultimate incorruptible hope without faith in Jesus. Ending brutality on earth won't in itself admit us into the new heaven on earth, but it points to it. When we are faithful and leveraging honest justice here and now, it helps onlookers to consider that the faith we speak of may actually be genuine after all, and not merely a self-promoting, power-mongering farce that is more interested in manageable behavior than it is in exercising the whole counsel of God, which speaks to the well-being of lives, of souls, on earth as it is in heaven. Those were Jesus' words. Those were Jesus' instructions of how we ought to pray. I pray that my kids will be empowered to unapologetically and enthusiastically declare Jesus as the truth of that hope. That the voice of truth will win out over every fear that it will be the remedy to all darkness. Earthly issues, of course, do not trump the basics of the gospel. Salvation is through faith alone, in Christ alone, and not by the things that we do, but our lives are intertwined with it, and he put us here for a reason. Our faith is dead when we don't extend the evidence of it to all portions of our lives. Too many of us, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, whom I love, me, myself, I'm doing this, we put ourselves in the way of God's work for pharisaical reasons instead of living sacrificially. And when I say that, I mean the Pharisees, they were very religious people who were very strict on the written Mosaic law, which was not unimportant, but they misused it in such a way that they missed the point of the most important thing. Instead of living sacrificially and taking up our cross, we spend inordinate amounts of time defending and justifying why we shouldn't have to exercise humility when the world doesn't, as if we don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that they don't have. I pray that like the many people that championed my son using his voice one way or another at the protest, from the support of friends walking beside him, the several strangers that spoke directly to encourage him to use his voice, to the one that literally handed him the megaphone to give him an avenue to use his voice, to the man who advocated for a child to lead a crowd, that we would empower each other in corporate solidarity to speak to what is right to hold fast to what is true, to care about who the Bible instructs us to care for. This is not a political agenda. This is a kingdom agenda. Lord, keep me true to your word while also not being a pious stumbling block that prevents the world from seeing Jesus and ultimately from receiving restoration. Open my eyes to where I need to repent. And give me the courage not to look at myself in the mirror and then willfully forget. Help me to willfully remember. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity for our family. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your kindness to be gentle with us as you peel away the layers and unveil things that our eyes were not previously capable of seeing. Thank you, as the King of Kings, for humbling yourself and taking up your cross and leading us in the way as the picture of justice and peace. Thanks for listening to Word Quota. We'll go out with my 14-year-old daughter expressing the final words. Grace and peace. 
I also agree with some of the things they're saying about the police. The police should be walking with us. The good cops that are not doing these things, who are against all this brutality and racism, they should be applauded. When I see some signs saying really bad things, I think some of these cops are good and actually trying to help. Some of these are nice and others are, well, not good people. None of the protests that I've been to have been based around they should be hurt or those cops should be attacked or anything like that. They're all peaceful. And in my opinion, that sends out a more powerful message to the world. And a bunch of people with their white privilege should step in and start acting against all this police brutality and helping people. Because we're all people. As some sign says, and as I also believe, silence is compliance. Silence does nothing. It shows we're okay with this. And we shouldn't be okay with this. We shouldn't be okay with all the violence and the anger and the racism. We shouldn't. It's wrong. It's cruel. And it shows what we think inside. It shows that we think we're better and we're not. We're all equal. God says we're equal and he's the master of the universe. So we're equal. What God says is final and that's that. When people just say, oh yeah, I know that's whatever, they're choosing not to pay attention to this. And the protests help put out a message to pay attention to these things. To pay attention to the unjust violence and everything else that's been going on because it's not right and should be stopped. We should help stop it. That's what I think.